The Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. New features like the available Pro Access Tailgate improves access to bed and cargo, including when towing a trailer, so it's easier to load in tight spaces. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro Access Tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Bully Ray, and Mark Henry dive into Night of Champions from this past Saturday. Also, AEW's Double or Nothing from last night. A lot of wrestling to get into, and we do it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn retain the Tag Team Championships, but man, you want to talk about must-see TV. I, I wish it was Friday, just for the fact I want to see what happens on SmackDown. That's going to be the celebration of Roman Reigns' 1,000 days as champion and man i want to hear what roman has to say to jimmy and jay uso mark after what we saw on saturday dave i don't want to ever fast forward time i want to enjoy every minute of this life that being said (laughs) however however (laughs) holy shit i can't wait till friday I cannot wait. I'm doing what you should have done a long time ago. And they were done. Jimmy was done. And still the confliction with Jay. And Roman, oh, man, you know, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, Dave. I'm gonna put my Nostradamus hat on which is one of those weird floppy black hats. Like Tony Khan was wearing the other day? Yes. Like Tony Khan. <laughs> what a laugh. I never. I don't think I've ever heard that laugh come out of your mouth before, Bully. <laughs> like, like, you're, like you're five. I don't ever think I saw a hat like you <laughs> There's Paul Heyman is going to come down, and he's going to look like the world is ending. And he's gonna introduce the tribal chief and like watch out, get out of his way. He's on a rampage type of thing. And I don't see Roman doing the one to the sky and holding the titles up. I see him beelining to the ring. Let's hurry up and get this going. Bro, the the excitement level for that. I'm I'm just sitting here in shock that we didn't get even more of um a war after everything was over with the way that um it went between the the bloodline like Well, Jimmy and bro, Jay this- bailed. I mean, like this this is next level and this is why this story with the bloodline is the best thing not only going in pro wrestling right now, but it may be the best thing in pro wrestling over the last 15 to 20 years. And, and Bully, what a chapter that they told on Saturday. Like sands through the hourglass, <laughs> so are the days, of, days our of our lives. And that's what I thought when this all came to a head and ended at Night and Champions. Because Days of Our Lives was one of the longest running soap operas in history. And it just kept going and going and going and got more intriguing and intriguing and interesting. 
You know, over the past couple of weeks, I've read on social media that people are saying this whole bloodline thin is running, you know, uh, thing is running thin. Okay, get this story over with already. I'm done with this, blah, blah, blah. How could you possibly be done with the bloodline storyline? Look Bully, at those people they, are they them. That's bullshit. They're the ones <laughs> that are watching the most. The, you're, those you're, people you're that right. say what you just said, you know that. You know I'm telling what I'm saying is true. Girl, you know it's true. <laughs> they mm, are, mm. yeah. Those people are the ones that are. They can't take their damn eyes off the TV. Such good stuff. Whether it should have went on last, we can have that discussion during the show today. It, it deserved to go on last. I th- that was our discussion before, and I I, I called it. I knew that that match was going to be last because there's nothing that that World Heavyweight Championship can do to come even close to this story in Roman Reigns. That's why Roman runs the WWE right now. So then when it comes to that, let's run these two discussions parallel. You just brought up that World Heavyweight Championship that Seth Rollins defeated AJ Styles for. Is that championship, does it mean more, less, or the same in your eyes than the night Triple H debuted in Chicago. I think it's probably the, it's the same. It's probably, in my eyes, the same as when he introduced the title in Chicago. Mark? I don't know if you remember, but I said that the guy that should hold that title is Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins will give life to that title. It's just a matter of a few days, guys. The next... Monday and 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 Friday for the next couple of weeks, we will see if Seth Rollins is going to be a fighting champion. If they're going to lower the microphone from the top tonight, of Mark, the arena. Tonight, tonight. We got to see T- that tonight. tonight. Yeah. No, he, we, yeah. I, but you know what, Mark? I, I, listen, this isn't taking anything away from Seth Rollins. I, I'll use AEW as an example. Orange Cassidy, you know, the Mid-Atlantic Southwest Intercontinental Champion. Like, he could defend that title each and every week. And, by the way, Orange Cassidy has done an amazing job. You know, I mean, he's almost exhausted because how much he's wrestled and defended that title. It doesn't mean it's nowhere near as prestigious as the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. That's the way I look at this World Heavyweight Championship in the WWE. Yes, that's it's a great title. Seth Rollins could defend it every week on Monday Night Raw. He could be a fighting champion. It's not going to be anywhere near as prestigious as anything that Roman Reigns holds. It's a perception thing for me. And I think the WWE proved it on Saturday by having that match start the show. Like, to, to me... To have that story of the Bloodline main event, it shows that that story, the Bloodline and Roman, means a hell of a lot more than that World Heavyweight Championship. Dave, that was a tempo setter, though. That match was a tempo setter. It, it could have been the main event. It, it could have been the pre-main. It, it, it could have been, but it wasn't. And it that wasn't. Sh- So that shows to me that there's no nobody comes close to Roman Reigns. Nobody. Even in a tag match. Nobody comes close to Roman Reigns. I mean, Ro- Roman Reigns right now, Mark and Bully, is on a level that I, I don't know who you can compare him to. I don't think there's any co- anyone you can compare Roman Reigns over the last decade in pro wrestling comes even close to not, where not Roman Reigns is decade. right now. La- like Steve Austin was the last person that I saw dominate TV the way that Roman Reigns is dominating TV. I remember Steve Austin, every week, people wanted to see what shirt he was going to come out in, just his T-shirt. Nevertheless, who he was facing and what he was going to say about him when he walked out and the glass broke and he walked to the ring and he goes, I got a few things I want to tell you. What? And then you get the what chance. And then he go, this son of a bitch, Triple H, what? And then he, he he did this. What? Like everybody, every week, it was so compelling. Nobody was missing that. Look at the ratings. They had 
<coughs> excuse me, they had nines. <laughs> he, was must see, he was must-see TV. And, 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 go ahead, Bully. I, I just, with Roman, it's completely different to me. Roman walks on water right now in the entire pro wrestling business because we don't see him that frequently. And when you do, it's that much bigger of a deal. Think about the story that we saw play out um, in Saudi um, th- th- this this past uh, Saturday. Like, um, if you saw Roman all the time, it wouldn't mean as much. But when we do see him, it's so important. WWE is giving you quality over quantity with the bloodline story. And I thought about this a little much, a, a little more when, you know, they put that match on last. I guess you could say, well, these tag team championships have been around longer and are more established and the story is the strongest than the new inaugural uh, championship that AJ and Seth uh, uh, fought for. So I, Okay, I can see that. But if you wanted that belt, that strap, that championship to mean more in my eyes, I would have liked to have seen it gone on last. But you know how I feel. I'd rather be Detroit Rock City than rock and roll all night. And if you can't be last, you want to be first. And AJ and Seth did a phenomenal job of setting the pace for that night, getting Night of Champions out of the gate at a, a tremendous pace and a, a good finish, a great match. But we knew we were going to get a great match from AJ and Seth. You know, on what day of the week are you not going to get a great match from AJ and Seth? So mission accomplished, business done across the board at Night of Champions when it came to the new championship and the continuing bloodline story. And and, and it's not even fair, Bully. As good as Seth is going to be, and we know how good, we like you said, we knew that match was going to be great, and it was. Uh, that that championship title around Seth Rollins' waist, I'm sorry, it doesn't come close to, like, Roman. Like, Roman is on such a other level. Like, think of his entrance. Roman's entrance is, like, Undertaker level. Like, the time it takes for Roman to get to the ring, that's like Undertaker coming to the ring at this point. That's, like, that's the mindset when you're watching Roman. And Bully, like, you're right. You don't see Roman every week, but the bloodline is the focus every week. So maybe Roman's not a part of the bloodline story every week, but you see Solo, you see the Usos, you see Heyman. Somehow, some way, the bloodline is the focus week in and week out on WWE programming. Dave, that's what I was going to say. But you still, even though Roman is not there, you still get the bloodline. You still get the underlying tones. And and I don't know, y'all have been y'all went to the principal's office when y'all were in school, right? Yep. No, I was a model child, and I was yeah. A good boy. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe that. Uh, the principal never came straight to his office. He let you sit in there and look at the walls, and the paddle would be sitting on top of his desk, and you'd just be like in the room stewing. And rocking back and forth like, Sweating. oh, my God, this is not going to be good. I hope they don't call my mom. And you're just doing all of this. That is what Roman Reigns gives you. Roman Reigns does not have to just wrestle. Roman Reigns is, he is intimidating. Paul Heyman can sit there in the office and he can say, the, the tribal chief, he wants to talk to you, but he's going to talk to you next week. And then you go, oh, shit, I got to wait a week? <laughs> like, man, I'm telling you, that it is masterful what they're doing. And I, I'm, you know what, man? Like, Steve Austin, to be able to say, hey, uh, looking forward to Steve Austin, looking forward to The Rock. Undertaker, you mentioned Undertaker in, in in his the way that his entrance is, and we're not mentioning chopped liver, guys. <laughs> Everything that we're comparing them to is the ultimate greatness. 
in wrestling. We and can't even talk about Roman Reigns and mention nothing else. But the elite of the elite of us. Yep. And th- this is the crazy thing. The, 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 the naysayers and the Roman haters out there. How much more do you need to say or what much more do you need to know? Cena never got close to a thousand days. Austin never got close to a thousand days. Rocky never got close to a thousand days. The prodigal son, Triple H, never got close to a thousand days. The Undertaker, mankind, yada, 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 never got close to a thousand days. Why Roman Reigns? Listen, guys, we all know it's sports entertainment. One side of the pencil gets you to a thousand days. The other side of the pencil doesn't get you to a thousand days. Why Roman? Because Roman is the guy. Mark, remember where Vince's office was in Boston? Okay, at the TD Waterhouse? Right before yep. you made the left-hand turn that took you towards makeup and then right past makeup was the gorilla position. Remember where Vince's office was right there? That's the yep. office that I stood in when Vince McMahon in 2016 looked me in the eyes and said, Bubba, Roman is the guy who's putting food on our table for the next 10 years. That was the moment in time I knew this is the guy. So me and Devon went out there that night and we did everything that we possibly could to make it work. It's not about me and Devon. It's about Roman. Roman, over a thousand days, he sits atop the, 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 the royalty within WWE. This is former UFC champion Chris Weidman. Do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me? Right now, we are bringing the hardest-hitting MMA talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with Won't Back Down, a SiriusXM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down right now on SiriusXM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Won't Back Down. Mark, I got to give you some kudos on this one, and that's Cody and Brock. Because pretty much everything you said about how Cody and Brock was going to play out is exactly what happened on Saturday. You said that that Cody should kind of not run away from Brock, but kind of play a game with Brock as far as going in and out of the ring. And that's exactly what uh, Cody did and was able to take advantage of Brock because of that. And also, you predicted the finish of the match which is exactly what happened, which was Cody passing out. So I give you guys kudos all the time when you call it, and you guys definitely called this one for sure. Dave, I, I expected a big man, um, little man match. Everybody's little when they get in the ring with Brock. Except and me and you. Yeah, well, except me and you because we're <laughs> throwbacks to the old regime of uh, let's get some big heaters that people look at and go, nah, I won't mess with him. <laughs> but nonetheless, that's the story historically, the way that it's told as it relates to a big guy versus a smaller man. And I say man, not guy, because Cody is a man. He has earned the right to, to be able to stand amongst the giants and to be able to defeat the Giants when the time comes. Right now is just not the time. Bully and I said after WrestleMania, the story of building Cody up from a standpoint of his perseverance, his ability to absorb punishment and to keep on going and to show that Japanese fighting spirit is gonna build him as a character. And it takes ass whoopings and losses to do that. You cannot do that winning. Bully? Uh, listen, I agree. Uh, he didn't, you know, this is Austin 101. He didn't tap, he passed out. The referee called for the match. Guy's got a broken, the broken arm didn't stop him from getting in the ring against Brock Lesnar, just like the torn peck didn't stop him from getting in the cell against Seth Rollins. Cody is 
you know how some wrestlers will sit there <clears throat> and say, you're going to have to kill me to stop me from coming. <clears throat> Excuse me, my bad. Uh, you're going to have to kill me to stop me from coming after you or getting to me, whatever. Cody is yeah. really proving that right now. I got a broken arm. I'm still going to fight the beast. No matter what happens, I'm not giving up. I'm not losing. I mean, I, I, I'm not tapping out. You're going to have to make me pass out. You're going to have to make me kill me. This is Cody's version of his hard times. This is what he's going to have to go through. I, I I would imagine that Cody and Brock get to SummerSlam, some kind of last man standing match, some type of match where Cody can finally come up on uh, come out on top, still injured, still battered, still bruised, but with the victory under his belt. And 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 I love this match for a few different reasons because you know and bully you said this last week about they got to be careful because the peck that's not storyline that was for real this with Cody in his arm is storyline related so you can't make him that sympathetic figure like and how is he going to be able to step into the ring and battle a guy like Brock with that arm in a cast and that arm hurt and it was a titanium cast and he used that cast. To his advantage. And and back back to your point, Mark, you know, playing possum, like running out of the ring, making Brock chase him, and then getting back into the ring quickly enough that he was able to kick Brock when he tried to get back into the ring. Those little things to take an advantage on Brock. Because when you saw them standing face-to-face in the ring, you're like, how is this even possible? But then you found out the cast was titanium. He was able to use that to his advantage. And again, once he got the Kimura lock on, it was game over as it should have been. I really enjoyed the story that they told. And like you guys said, it's another chapter in this book of Brock and Cody, which I would think the rubber match is going to be you know, at SummerSlam. Or maybe this is a way to keep Cody out of the money in the bank match that you have it on that pay-per-view. I don't know, but you need to have the rubber match. Go ahead, Mark. You know what, Dave? I, I, there's there's always the good with the bad. And Bob Orton, uh, with his cast uh, that he had on for like three or four years, uh, he had the longest broken arm in the history of broken arms. Uh, I thought that they could have pulled from some of the things that Bob Orton did. And I remember this because I was a big fan of Bob Orton before, I mean, long before I met Randy. And there was a point where uh, he was he was fighting and somebody threw a punch at him and out of desperation, he put his arm up the block and somebody punched the cast. And they, ah, they went, they started selling. And then he hit him in the head with the cast. And it was a big dude. I can't remember who it was this match. I just can remember what this finish was. And now that dude took a bump and Bob Orton was able to give him that knee out off the second and, and then go into his finish. I, I was expecting to see some of that stuff with Brock. You know, a la D-Lo and the chest protector. Like, there, there's things that you can do to use what you um, what you have to get an advantage, and that's the only thing that didn't happen in the match. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I you saying that, Mark, that's a great idea. And, you know, as far as, like, that's another way that Cody could have taken an advantage on Brock, and, and that would have been a over. good one. Yeah, and but I thought they did a really good job of that. You know, again, you got to be careful when it comes to Cody. You don't want to make him too sympathetic because you've gone down that road before. I thought I thought Cody did a really good job, and I thought they told a great story. Obviously, Brock needed to get that victory after what happened in that last match, and I'm looking forward to the next time they get into the ring. And again, these subplot stories that are just simmering under the bloodline. You know, when does Cody get back into this story with Roman? And does it happen on the way to WrestleMania 40? We shall see because, Bully, right now in the in the world of the WWE, there's plenty of stories to go around for everybody. Side note, did you see the video that WWE released on social media uh, maybe four or five days before the Saudi event where, where Cody went over there for, like, the press conference? Yes. Did you no. hear the ovation for Cody? They love him. 
they love the they love Cody. And you heard that when he came to the ring on Saturday as well. See what happens when you lose the right way? And I'm not talking about the loss to Brock Lesnar. I'm talking about the loss to Roman at WrestleMania. I'm telling you guys, Mark, I know you know this, but Dave, you're gonna it's gonna take a little bit more convincing with you. You'll see by the time we get to WrestleMania in Philadelphia where Cody's going to be. And then I'll eat some crow yeah. if we do That's get to WrestleMania. About, it's not about no, but, but, I, but I've been on that. No, I want to see you. I want to see you eat it. Yeah, that's Understated point in the main event. Uh, Sammy coming out and uh, talking to uh, the fans in the native tongue meant an incredible amount. It added so much to that match and to the show. And him to come out with the ceremonial garb. Now, there's differences in some have collars. But when you go to Saudi, they have the band in in the outfit. I'm, I'm blessed to be able to have experienced it, to have had them come to my room and measure me and make me uh, a couple of the outfits. And the way the cuffs are are special. And the way the collar is, is special. And Sammy went out there and he wore those. Um, It meant a lot to that crowd. That crowd was remnant of the crowd that we saw in Puerto Rico. They were so hot. So fired up because they felt included. They 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 felt like we are a part of what's going on. I think that more of that needs to happen. We're not doing enough in the pro wrestling industry to integrate what the crowd adds to the show. And when we do that, you're gonna find that they're gonna give you more energy in your matches. When you get tired. Dave, and that crowd goes, Bully, Bully, Bully. Bully's going to fire up. Good guy, bad guy, indifferent. When you feel that respect from the crowd, you give them more. And that's that was missed in a couple of the shows that we watched this weekend. Well, I mean, Mark, to your point, I think the word is inclusion that you said, and it's true. And I think the the best examples of that was what happened on Saturday and what happened in Puerto Rico at Backlash. Those two shows, those crowds were as big a part of anything than even the wrestling that took place in the ring that night. And, And that's what you have when you have that. And I think that's a big example of what you're saying is inclusion. And... Like you talked about Sami Zayn, and he he even got a little emotional during that entrance on Saturday. And then Bully mentioned about Cody. How great was it seeing when they were showing the fans in the crowd, like screaming out the lyrics to his entrance theme? You know, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's gotten to that point. And like to your to your guys' point about WrestleMania 39, what did that do? What did that do for Cody? Well, you heard the booze for Brock, and you heard the booze for Roman. There was a point where, when it comes to Roman, it was 50-50. What you've seen lately with Roman is mostly booze. The crowd are finally booing Roman. They're booing Brock. They're buying into the characters and the personalities. That is so important in pro wrestling, and I think Cody and Brock, that match on Saturday was definitely an example of that. Hi everybody, Christopher Mad Dog Russo here. Familiar? You should be. Well, now you can catch Mad Dog's Daily Bite each day as a podcast where you'll hear my thoughts and opinions on the biggest topics around the world of sports. NFL, baseball, golf, NBA, even the hockey. That you know you can count on. That's Mad Dog's Daily Bite. Drops daily anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also hear me weekdays 3 to 6 Eastern on Mad Dog Unleashed, Sirius XM Channel 82, or anytime on the SXM. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide 
at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into $1,000 with NBA, NHL, and college basketball entries today. Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Price Picks is the perfect selection for me. Download the app today and use code BUSTED for a first deposit matchup to $100. That's code BUSTED for a first deposit matchup to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when you hear that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, you're probably thinking, what's the catch? Well, there isn't one. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bill, and unexpected overage. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. It's crystal clear, and it doesn't kill my monthly budget. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. App. Just like we saw at Backlash, you know, the fans not behind Bianca. And I think a lot of the reason why is that they just haven't had that right opponent for Bianca during this this title reign. Though maybe things will heat up now that Asuka is your Royal Women's Champion and Bianca chases Asuka. We shall see. But during that match on Saturday, you know, those fans were behind Asuka. There was actually Asuka chance during that match. And it goes back storyline-wise. And this is why, and we haven't seen this in a long time, but we are seeing it in the WWE over this last year, is dotting the I's and crossing the T's. What did we see on, what did we see last week? Is that uh, Asuka missed with the mist on Bianca. So what what did she do on Saturday? She blew the mist into her hand and made sure that she put that mist into Bianca's eyes. She gouged those eyes with that mist and was able to pick out the victory over Bianca and is now your Raw Women's Champion. Bully, uh, first and foremost, what did you think of the match and what do you think of Asuka being your new Raw Women's Champion? Good match. I like the fact that Asuka is the new champion. Most importantly, I'm hoping, I hope they're looking in a direction to give Bianca a little bit of a character overhaul and get some more um, foundation to her character uh, underneath her. I think Bianca's, I would not have said this a year ago, but I'm going to say it now. I think we've only seen one dimension of Bianca Belair. I think there's so much there to her. I, I think... I think we've seen enough of the skipping up, up to the ring and the twirling of the hair and the big, big smile and the great outfits that she wears and the things she does in the ring. It's been there, done that. It's time for the next layer character-wise of Bianca. I think Bianca's got heel written all over her. I think she's got enough sass that she can get people to hate her. Um, 
no matter what they do, I just want to see the next evolution of Bianca Belair. And she doesn't need the championship around her waist for them to do it. Mark, what do you think? Uh, I second that. Uh, I was just glad that she finally, that she lost the title because there's a thing in wrestling called the gear change. And you can go on one trajectory for a long time and people are with it. But as soon as you shift the gear and go into that next level, um, she would have to lose or she would have to get bored in order to do that. And I'm glad it was a loss because if you want to keep her baby face, now you can say, you know what? I, I rested on my laurels. I did not work the way that I worked when I first became champion or on my rise to become champion. She's going to have to tell that story. Congratulations, Oscar. Whether by hook or by crook, you won. You're the, you're the champion. But I just want to let you know that nobody is going to work harder to get back to that. Nobody is going to, if I have to, I'll play the I'll play the other side. I learned some valuable lessons. And those those lessons are gonna pay off with me getting my title back and by any means necessary. And when you do that, you you basically tell everybody, Oh, I see the humility. Uh oh, but now you made her mad. And Bully and I know the value of shifting gears and now you see me angry you saw me working hard you saw me trying to win like the incredible hulk used to say in every episode you wouldn't like me when i'm angry and if bianca can get there she can stay a baby face and and still have more of an edge on her um i, I look forward to seeing what they're gonna do they have many options, many options. I always liked that version of Bianca who had that quick-witted, snarky attitude like, you don't even go here. Like, that's that. I want to see that Bianca. I want to see Bianca when... What, what does Bianca look like in real life when she gets angry? What's that tone in her voice? What's that snap in her neck look like? What's that? What is Bianca Belair like when she's looking at you when she's mad? Like when she would say in NXT, you don't even go here. Like that was kind of like mean girls type stuff. I want to see her look at another, you know, I want to see her look at whoever and say, you know, you don't belong here. You, you know, I, I just want to hear more of that bass in her voice. I want to hear that mean streak come out in Bianca Belair. I, I want to see that bully, but I also want to see the company uh, do something. I want to see her go out to the ring and say, hey, I, I want my rematch. Um, uh, she beat me. There's no excuses. But I'm going to work my ass off to get there, and I want my rematch. And I want Adam Pierce or whoever – to say, you know what, um, there, there's a line, or, or have Oscar say, you get a rematch when I say you get a rematch. <laughs> and then let her have to battle her way to getting, to earning a, a, a rematch. Like one of the two, they got, the office has got to be against her or Oscar's got to be against her in order to babyface her and to have her look like where everybody goes, no, I want to see the rematch now. You see what she did to so-and-so? Do you see how she, if, 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 if I'm not going to get a match, nobody's going to have a match. I have her beat the hell out of both people that was see, supposed to have a match. See, now you're on to something. Now you're on to something. Because turning heel is one thing. Turning heel and being effective, completely different. You have to genuinely make the people mad. Now, yeah. if 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 Adam Pierce or whoever tells uh, Bianca Belair, 
Sorry, Bianca. You know, you had you, you lost your championship. I mean, I guess there is a champion's rematch clause, but let's say she loses this match also. And Asuka beats her without the mist. Because right now, Bianca could say, well, you know, the mist. But then you don't want a baby face bitching, moaning, and complaining. But if Bianca gets her rematch and she does not get on top, if she doesn't come out on top, and she's going up to Adam Pierce, now Adam's like, Sorry, you lost your re- you lost your championship and you lost your rematch. You're gonna have to earn your stripes again. And now Bianca comes out and go, earn my stripes. I don't have to earn anything. I'm Bianca Belair. I've done this, 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 and this. And now every match that Asuka has defending that championship, Bianca comes out and ruins that match. Let her ruin match after match after match. And now she can say nothing goes on in this place without me ruining it. I mean, th- this is just spitballing off the top of our head. But there has right. to be that next. There has to be a character shift. Got to be change. a story. Yeah, uh, in yeah, Bianca. Origin I've story. seen happy baby face Bianca long enough now. This is former PGA Tour winner Smiley Kaufman, host of the Smiley Show, a serious XM podcast. Smiley Kaufman for sixty-one. I've got boots on the ground at every major tournament, which means each week I'm bringing you insights straight from the course and conversations with my friends on the PGA Tour. Because what's better than golfing with your buddies? Listen to The Smiley Show right now on the SXM app, available with all trials and popular plans, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's S-M-Y-L-I-E. I loved uh, the last two matches on Double or Nothing uh, last night. MJF and the four pillars match I thought was fantastic. And I thought MJF really showed why uh, he's MJF. But that last match, which turned out to be the last match of the night, Anarchy in the Arena, I I saw some things last night that you don't normally see. uh, And I thought it was a, a real fun crash and burn match. Bully, what did you think of Anarchy in the Arena last night? On a positive note, I thought those guys did a fantastic job. Um, Very entertaining uh, from the band playing throughout the match, a la New Jack's music playing during his matches. Um, The the Bucks double super kicking the lead singer that led to the band stop playing. Absolute carnage. Absolute anarchy. Crash and burn. If you're going to do it, go out there and do it and do it the right way. So much, just so much thrown at you. But then that was the little bit that I found difficult to watch. I almost thought it was too much. I felt numb by the three quarters into the way of the match because I just didn't know what else that they could do. I didn't know how many other, you know, picture and pictures or camera shots. Like it almost became overkill. Like that's just me personally. I'm not saying that the AEW, I didn't, I'm not saying that they did anything wrong. I'm just saying for me, the way the whole show was laid out, everything that I had seen earlier in the show, by the time they got to that, I wish they would have cut it down just a little bit. I wish they would have got in, got on, got off, got out. It was just, I didn't even know what to pop for anymore or respond to anymore, but they really did a great job with that match. I hope Wheeler Yuta goes back and watches this match again and learns about timing. I also hope that the veterans that are involved in this match apologize to Wheeler Yuta because they didn't give him the right cadence for the right timing. When Matt Jackson came back down to the ring and hit that exploding super kick on uh, on on Moxley, I popped because that was so different. It was so cool to see. It was like we combined the best of the Bucks with something you'd see in an Onita match, you know, an exploding barbed wire death match. This was an exploding, um, you know. Uh, Death super kick. Yeah, sneaker. And he, <laughs> sneaker kick. And he hits it, and the, the sparks go off, and the explosion goes off, and the people are like, what the hell? And wham, there was you to stop it. 
he came in so quick. That's a moment that you let breathe. And Dave, you were the first person I thought about because I'm like, if you could take one spot that encompasses one of AEW's biggest problems, which is letting things breathe, it was last night's moment with the exploding super kick. I have never seen that before. Ever. Mark, you? No, I have not. And, okay. And you, so we it, said this. We said this um, uh, about your show. There was stuff that we that I that Dave and I never saw on Impact in that match with Macklin and PCO. There was stuff that I saw in that match that I never saw before. And I thought it was exciting. I thought that it wasn't too much. I thought that, you know, it got a little long in the evening. You know, like you you watch all of this wrestling and you think that, you know, you keep a show three hours at the max. You know, you, you get over that, then you, you test in the crowd. But the well, crowd never left. Four, four hours last night. Four hours, yeah. That's yeah. what I was no, saying. It no. was over three hours. So, like, the crowd loved it, and they were there for it. So, I guess this is – I call it a success. Absolutely. I, I thought they did a great job. I just – like I said, personally, I was numb. They had done so much, I didn't even know what to re- – I, I was popped out by the time the end of that match came. But that exploding super kick – you got to give that time to breathe. You got to let people respond to that. You got to give it the right amount of time. Otherwise, it just becomes a move just like any other move in that match. But overall, I I thought that the, the last match saved that pay-per-view. Because, Dave, you haven't given out your grades yet. I, I, what I what gave did it, you give that show last night? I gave it a C plus And... And it was the last two matches. I loved the last two matches. Uh, up until that point, I got to tell you, it was a rough one. And I and I just got to be honest. And I usually love AEW's pay-per-views, but last night was a little rough. Up until those those last two matches saved it for me, Bully. And I didn't have a problem. I was completely fine with the last match. And they kept doing more and more that made you like shake your head and say, holy shit. But I do agree with you on the super kick, the exploding super kick. Because Wheeler, it was, because Wheeler Yuta was already in the ring. And he, Wheeler Yuta was down. But as soon as that super kick happened, Yuta got right up and attacked Matt Jackson. And it did take the crowd down because the crowd bit. got... Yeah, the crowd got up and was like, "Holy sh!" And then, and then you, and then it, you, you took that the moment tax, away. The tax in the mouth and the and the in the foot in the tax, all of that stuff. It brought everything back up again. So yes, no, and 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 but but again, like it was all of the follow up. Even with the tax, it made sense because Moxley threw him into the tax, and then. Like, but like with the super kick, it's like that's one of those things I've never ever seen before. Give that like, give that ten seconds. Give it ten seconds at least to be you like, give it, holy you don't give shit! It, you don't give it a definitive amount of time, Dave. This is where listening to the crowd comes into play. You give it as long as the people are respond to it. You listen. So if Yuta is in there, it's his job to stay down and then feel the wave of the people. And just what they're at their highest and just starting to come down is when you come in and you take Matt Jackson out. Those people, I don't even think that I don't even think they got 50% of the way up for that exploding super kick. Listen, we're taking a moment in time and we're dissecting it, but there's a bigger picture to be learned here. It's timing and allowing things to breathe. But there were things that even like in out in the parking lot with the pickup truck and like there were so many great things about that match. So kudos to everybody that was involved. They went all out there and they killed it. And I thought they did a great job and I want to get more into it too, but I, we definitely need to get the phone calls. But MJF, this was the MJF that maybe we haven't seen over the last month or two. He was in full form last night. And now it opens up the door after that match, that four pillars match last night. Cause what did he say when that match was over last night? He was like, I'm bored. I've beaten everybody. I'm bored. 
Who can you get next for me? That leaves the door open, I'm guessing, for CM Punk. Because I mentioned uh, last week that maybe that would open up the door for Adam Cole. It doesn't look like that story is done because they're going to have a tag match on Dynamite on Wednesday. I mean, Bully, do you think that from what Max said at the end of that match last night, that that leaves the door open for CM Punk's return? Hopefully, Mm. because I think the Punk return obviously should do really well for AEW. Punk and MJF should do really well for AEW. I think it's the shot in the arm that the world title picture can use. I thought the Pillars storyline, it made a lot of sense, but it never truly got me the way I was hoping it would get me. Last night, the four guys went out there, had a great match. I'm glad that that story has come to an end. I'm ready to see Max move on. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream the podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.